0: Welcome into the Nebraska 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Kristofferson, Michael Brunt. It is game week. But first, BC, talk about that embarrassing moment that you had when you listened to your audio today and heard yourself ask a talk about question.
1: Well, isn't it, first off, embarrassing enough just to listen back to your audio? Yeah, I'm it's never t- fun. It's like the worst experience when you're transcribing tape and you have to listen to yourself talk. That's why I don't actually listen to these podcasts very often. <laughs> um,
2: we don't actually post them anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just actually us just sitting here talking. Yeah, we got to get hold mics. It's so, good for camaraderie. That's yeah.
1: okay. I, I can understand that. Yeah, I did ask a talk about question to Antonio Reed. I said talk about his uh, you know climb up the depth chart to being the top safety, and Antonio Reed graciously did not give me a glare or anything. He just answered and said, "Yeah, I'll talk about that," and he did.
0: I had a moment with uh, Javon DeWitt the other day where I meant to say special teams, and I said scout team. Yeah. And he just rolled straight into the answer like it wasn't a very con- – like I, I can't remember the setup to it, but mm-hmm. scout team made no sense to what I was asking because it was all about sort of the special teams changes.
1: But he didn't embarrass you.
0: No, like he, he totally just jumped straight yeah. into, you know, a very thoughtful answer on scout team and how they're going to be able to move guys from the scout team to the the actual team. and So, so it worked ex- out well. Okay. But when I asked it, as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, you f- I almost swore there, but you screwed <laughs> up. You screwed up. And then he just goes straight into the answer, and I was like, well, that was better than what I was going to get anyways.
1: I really appreciate players and coaches who do that when you kind of – you know, you're all over the place yeah. rambling, and they don't embarrass you. They just go with it.
0: Yeah. You know? Makes our makes our lives easier. And that's again, is always the most important thing. It's like easier lives for media people. That's all people. we care about, yeah. It's
2: like a batter that hits like a 450-foot home run, and instead of doing like a, you know, tomahawk bat flip, just kind of like puts his head down and starts really hauling around the bases.
1: <laughs> it's
2: like everybody knows what happened. We don't need to draw attention to it. Just, you know. Get through it. And
0: Wait, so you're anti-Bluetooth speaker and anti-bat flips? No, I am very pro-bat flips. I was going to say. But like, that would be a not very Brunt's take if you no, anti-bat flips. I I'm,
2: I want more bat flips. I, yeah, same. I, I watch Korean baseball highlights strictly for the bat flips. <laughs> and the Thundersticks? Yes, especially the Thundersticks. What about you? Are you pro-bat flips?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they'd flip them into the stands. <laughs>
0: My my favorite like I, I love I love the bat flips but I also love the the premature bat flips like the Yasiel Puig I just flew out three hundred and twenty five yeah. feet but I totally tossed that bat like that thing was going out to left field.
1: Have you ever been irrational where you're you are pro bat flip but someone hits a big one against your team that like ends the game it's a walk off shot like Carlos Gomez did this to the Twins early in the season when I still cared. And I was like, "You!" I, ju- okay. I just like was calling you a hole. Like I was like talking to Carlos Gomez through my TV. How, you know, like how could you disrespect the game like that?
2: You're Sh- barking at him
1: all the way around the bases. How could you show up Fernando Rodney <laughs>
0: like that? So I'm like so busy yelling at Cody Allen that I don't have time to think about <laughs> the back. <matter. laughs> I'm so mad at the bullpen collapse, which is generally always what happens. Yeah. In these situations that I don't even think about the batter.
1: I quickly come down from that like 15 seconds later and I'm like, okay, that was fine. I'm still pro bat flip. But I
0: still think that Jose Batista home run is like one of the best moments in the playoffs in recent years. Just because of like when it happened and the way that he
1: (laughs) he tossed that bat. This is just legendary. Then just like the hot takes that form.
0: Yeah. After well, that too. The reaction was...
2: certainly didn't hurt that one. The, the unwritten rules of baseball conversation is the dumbest conversation I think that one can have, and it always seems to come out. the The bat flips one is is the biggest one I think. Is like at what point are you showing up the guy? Are you not like, you know, don't don't throw a room service ninety two mile an hour fastball if you don't want to get bat yeah. flipped on.
1: A thousand percent I, agree. My favorite part, real quick is when the bench is clear in baseball and the bullpen has to jog out. (laughs) It's a bunch of guys who you know don't really want to make that jog, and they're kind of talking to each other as they're doing it, like about probably, you know, what they did last night after the game, and I love that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. And it's like you're a pitcher. You don't really want to do anything with your hands anyways. The last thing you want is to, to be in this scrum and then, you know, you, you hurt a finger before you're supposed to go out there and, and a relief effort. Sticking with unwritten rules, how about the unwritten rules of when it's allowable to transfer? Oh, that was good. I was just wondering how you're going <laughs> to I like trans- that segue. How you're going to transition. I was even like. going to drop in a segue voice <laughs> and then go with all of it. But yeah. That was good. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, Nebraska has had several transfers in the last couple days, but none as big as Tristan Jebbia, who would have been the number two quarterback because Adrian Martinez was named number one on Sunday morning, which nobody predicted Sunday morning in this group. You guys were both wrong. I was wrong. I had predicted Thursday oh, somewhat it, yeah. out of jest. Uh, and it turned out to be a Sunday morning email for the, the def chart. And the next day at a Monday press conference, Scott Frost announces that Tristan Jebbia had not shown up for practice, which then increased speculation, which then resulted to confirmation. And Tristan Jebia is on his way to some other program, likely in the Pac-12. Thoughts, concerns? Did Nebraska lose two games without even playing a game on Monday?
2: Well, I think, I think there's cause for concern. It didn't really affect what I thought Nebraska was going to do this year, because we'll get into that later, but I mean, I, I think... Obviously not having a guy that was pretty close in ability and ability to run the offense to the starter. That's a concern if you have an injury in a, in an offense where the quarterback's going to be running around. Do we know that Tristan Jebia would have, you know, immediately stepped in and, and done that? No. I mean, we don't, we, we know as little as, you know, Adrian Martinez going in and completely lighting things up. Neither of those guys have played a college snap. It's, you know, a little concerning when you kind of start naming off the depth chart like Mario Verduzco did today, and you got Andrew Bunch, Matt Masker, who's been on campus for all of, you know, three months, and, you know, no fourth quarterback behind him. So does Jamie Williams' kid have any eligibility left? uh, That's a
0: long time ago. (laughs) I know, but I was trying to think of just the random people I would see throwing into nets after like a 2012 practice, and that's who came to mind.
1: Cam Taylor?
0: I He doesn't want to play quarterback. Yeah. Like, I remember talking to him in January, and he was explaining how Nebraska wanted him to play corner, and he had never played the position, and he was talking about playing quarterback, and I said, no part of you wanted to play quarterback in college. He's
2: like, no part of me wanted to play it in high school, but I had to because that's what they had to do to win games. I feel yeah. like every year we have this conversation of, like, At some point, we end up going through the roster and looking at, like, oh, this guy was a quarterback in high school. Maybe he could help. Like, because I was like, I I remember distinctly pointing out either last year or the year before that Lamar Jackson was a high school quarterback. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a. Yeah a sign of the season
1: almost where have you gone luke McNitt? <laughs> that's yeah. what i was thinking <laughs> yeah
2: that was like
0: everybody's favorite uh, music city bowl emergency
1: yeah. qb and he almost got in he was on deck because they got to zach darlington at the yep end. yep so that we, we almost something. had i mean it's a no duh comment it, it hurts to that you don't have Jabia, but i also think if you look around college football and looked at a lot of programs and look at what their backup situation is it's it's worrisome probably at a lot of places if a guy limps off the field that's just how it is and
0: i mean i i try to make this point and relatively poorly which is generally what happens when i try to make points on on twitter so maybe i'll do a better job of it here and my my opinion of it when it came out is it it's unfortunate it hurts nebraska in the sense that if in a hypothetical scenario you don't have your number one guy then you go to your number two And if he's no longer there, then your number three becomes your number two. And the assumption is that, you know, the gap between those is super large. I don't think the gap between what you would have gotten out of Jebbia and Andrew Bunch is that enormous. I mean, I felt like there's a bigger gap between Adrian Martinez and this offense and Jebbia, which is one of the big reasons why I felt Martinez was going to get the job, even as a true freshman. And I just – I'm not entirely sure that – the gap between what Bunch can do and what Jebbio would have done, is, is that significant? Yeah.
2: So, so you're part of the Bunch Bunch?
0: I guess. I mean, I, I'm not anticipating that if he were to go in, he's going to light it up and go 17 of 20 and everything else. But I do know that Mario Verduzco likes him a lot. He liked him a lot in the spring. He mm-hmm. spoke very highly of him. He spoke highly of him again when I spoke to him twice in the summer. Uh, You know, he was the one that was always saying that it was a three quarterback competition when other people would try to immediately remove Bunch from the equation, Uh, whether that matters or not. But I I know that they like him, whether they trust him in game situations completely is an entirely different thing. But this is still a quarterback friendly offense and nobody can convince me that UCF situation last year where you have McKenzie Milton followed by Noah Vedrill, who as much as we like Noah, was a guy that wasn't highly recruited, coming out of Wahoo, was a true freshman backup quarterback. Is Andrew Bunch going to be significantly
2: worse than that? I doubt it. Mario Verduzco was actually asked about that today. I'll have you know. And what did he say? He said that Andrew Bunch right now where he is compared pretty favorably to where Noah Vedrill was last year um, as a backup. So, I mean, I, I can back up everything that, you know, you said about the you know Verduzco's thoughts on on Bunch. He was pretty forceful with, at you know, July in July. Right. And, and it's not even just, you know,
0: now when you kind of right. have to be, right. it's when he didn't have to be. Right. And so that's, that's what I was trying to say yesterday on Twitter is usually I put my foot in my mouth or my foot in my hands, I guess, as it relates to Twitter. You type. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Is that, well, I was trying to explain it a little bit.
1: I just was picturing your foot in your hand and then.
2: Yeah. And then your it. foot in your mouth.
1: Yeah. Well, that's Thanks. the expression. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm aware of the expression. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: glad we cleared that. I just up. got very visual. going to be That's a great <laughs> 30 seconds of the podcast for yeah. whoever, especially
2: the foot people. Yeah. Uh, so Rex Ryan is a listener. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I never listened to this Nebraska podcast before, but Pretty
1: sign good. me up. Who's yeah. <laughs>
0: a
2: receiver? We need
0: Wes Welker to come through and make a bunch of foot jokes.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot all about that.
0: So I I think that ultimately it shouldn't really impact people's. Season prediction as to what they think Nebraska is capable of doing, because even if you anticipate Bunch has to go in for a half or a game, I still just don't think the drop is that severe.
2: I think to myself, like ah, you know, you're never going to get to that third string quarterback or you know fourth string. I mean, who who needs a fourth string quarterback? And then like Maryland got to that point last year in yeah. a in a way where it was basically like, who do we have that can throw a football? Because they're going to be the starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where it can mess with predictions. Because, I mean, it, it could happen that they're, <laughs> they're heading to Camp Randall with Matt Masker as their quarterback. I mean, that, that's that's within reason the way this game plays out
0: sometimes. So, But if you go that route, you can do that route every season, and you can wipe times, out quarterback yeah. depth pretty quickly. So it, it's
1: I, – I, I get it. When, it. when it comes to Martinez, I, I understand where people are a little gun-shy too because – you don't. You just don't know until a guy plays at the college level. Is he the type of guy who can take a lot of hits at this level, or is he a guy who's who's going to get hurt in the third game? And also, we're talking about a quarterback who hasn't played in a real football game in two years, and so that's that's a big. And they're going to want to run him a lot. I mean, that's his forte. That's what he was brought here to do. And and now, you know, if you run him ten to twelve games, you, you're there's some risk there. But I. I I mean, at the end of the day, I wasn't st- I'm not stunned anymore when a, any transfer happens at any time. I think we just got to get used to that in college yeah. football and not act like the the world is ending. And I also am not in the camp that's going to be like, well, Tristan I should have just sacked up. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just not I can't get there because at some point in anything in life, you got to look out for yourself a bit. And that's what he's doing. He realized he wasn't going to be the guy here over the next four years. It was settled, and he needed to start his, his next chapter somewhere else.
2: Yeah, there were, there were a lot of responses to things like that with, you know, Jebbia's is not a team guy or he's a quitter or, you know, whatever. And, you know, I I mean, we kind of got to know Tristan Jebbia quite a bit through the recruiting process, I think, and, and got a good idea of kind of what he's about. Um, I mean, I don't really – like Brian said, I, I don't really blame a guy, especially nowadays in, in college sports, if they want to transfer, and if, if they're not from here, too. I think that's the part of it where it's like, well, what allegiance does he really have to Nebraska aside from, you know, the fact that he came here to play football? Um, I mean, he, he's had a private quarterback coach since he was probably in middle school. Um, you know, you only get five years to play. There's only one quarterback spot. I mean, I, I could see if you're Tristan Jebbia, you see the – the guy that's the hand-picked guy for Scott Frost and the staff win the job as a freshman, like, w- what are your chances of, you know, if, if things kind of go well for him, beating him out next year or or the year after that? Like, I just – it. I get that it was sudden, but it, it makes total sense why it happened. And, I mean, I just don't think that, especially in a, a transition year with a new coaching staff, that you can blame guys for, you know, for moving on. I mean, Avery Roberts transferred. I mean, that – obviously it was not a good fit with him and the staff or something wasn't clicking there. So, you know, why sit around if, if you want to play and, and waste, waste your, your time on the depth chart when, you know, you're probably not going to get, get through that mess. Yeah,
0: no, I, I totally get it. And it just happened that it worked out that there was schools that he's likely considering that he can go on and enroll without issue. I mean, it, it's, I look at a lot of these guys that have transferred in recent years. I mean, I think A.J. Bush wanted to be here. Johnny Stanton wanted to be here. Patrick O'Brien wanted to be here. Tristan Jebbia wanted to be here. But there's only one job. And if you don't have it and you think you're good enough to go play, then you're going to chase that opportunity. And, you know, these guys are competitive. Like, that's the thing is people always make it seem like, oh, well, they don't want to stay and compete. Well, no, they want to compete. They want a shot to compete. They want to compete in games. They want to compete and play. They don't want to hope for something bad to happen, for, for somebody else to play. I, I'll never understand the the sort of idea that guys are running away from anything. I mean, they have, like you said, five years to go out and try to play. If something clicks and they, they're they in the right spot, maybe they have a career after that somewhere else in some other form. But you, you only have a short amount of time. you got to go try to do it.
1: People may not like it, but college football has become a lot more like the NFL, where there it, there's a free agent market, basically. And when it hit me like it was a cold bucket of water, it was a few years back. Remember that Clemson defensive lineman? I think he was a D lineman entering his Scott senior year. Scott Pagano? Yeah, I think so. And they had just won a national title. And mm-hmm. he had a decent career at Clemson and you and i was thinking man you would would like to say to your grandkids like i was a clemson guy i played there my whole career he decided his lat, his fifth year to go somewhere else you yeah, know he just went he was
0: with oregon yeah. we watched him out there
1: and so that that was one of those moments where i was just like okay it's completely different now i mean guys are going to look for what they can find to continue their football career and impress people at the next level and allegiances be damned, you know, sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just don't... As a fan, you have to to recognize that you have benefited from transfers just as much as you've likely lost people. And a lot of times, the people you end up losing weren't the ones that were going to be playing a ton for you. was just It was just depth. Or you hope that it was depth.
1: Big picture-wise, this staff didn't dink around. They haven't with their roster makeover at all. And we've seen it with guys that... We thought we were going to be pivotal for the last staff that are now gone. And, the, you know, a quarterback, they went right to it with their type of guy. And you can't blame them for that. Mike Riley took criticism for trying to fit a, you know, square peg in a round hole with Tommy Armstrong. I don't know who, who necessarily his other options would have been. They would have had to get somebody off the market. Grad transfer, yeah. But, you know, this this staff certainly is taking taken the opposite approach of that. Well, I, I
2: think that – I mean, we talked about it back – you know, around signing day, that you know the the quarterback spot and getting your guy is so important to making that transition as seamless as possible. And I mean, that they, they got the guy they wanted. We'll see how he how he looks on Saturday.
0: You know, I thought it was interesting. I was over there when he was talking about it a little bit. That Raducanu, you know, explained that they have their process. And he told me this in the summer when I asked him about it because I asked him about his thoughts on just quarterbacks and transfers in general. And he said that Nebraska's system is one in which he felt like you can always go to and point to the, the offseason tests that they do uh, of knowledge of the offense was a way that you could always line up the depth chart and have an explanation as to this is why you're slotting in here. Right. This is why you're slotting in here. And I, I think they felt very comfortable that they did all of that as it related with, with Jebbia and it still worked out in a scenario where the guy's got to do the best thing for him. And that's you're that's just likely what you're going to see. Yeah. And Nebraska has two other quarterbacks committed, one for 2019, one for 2020. Who knows if those guys end up taking snaps. I mean, it sounds callous to say that, but it's kind of the reality of the situation. I mean, you didn't have a quarterback that was recruited between 2012 and 2018 start a game for Nebraska, right? So Tommy Armstrong started 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Riker 5 started a game several times. He would have been in the 2012 class. Armstrong was in the 2012 class. Every other quarterback never started a game in that entire stretch. Just something to think about when you're, you're looking at the recruiting. Like that's a – I mean, Tanning Lee comes in as a, as a transfer now you have Adrian Martinez. So I, I think that's just the reality of the situation that people have to embrace because it's not like it's going to go back. You're, you're not going to get guys that are like, oh, well, I'm the fourth string quarterback. I'm going to hang out here. This is fine.
2: Maybe I'll get a shot when I'm a senior redshirt. Obviously, the, the answer here is to just offer a quarterback, offer a scholarship to the best quarterback in Nebraska every year just to keep them around. <laughs> is, is that is that the uh, – you, you would add Easton Stick. During that stretch. But who knows if he would have played? You could have had Easton Stick. You could have had Easton Stick. That's probably
0: the most notable one. Right?
2: Out of Nebraska?
0: Yeah, in that stretch. Yeah, probably so. So. Well, what other thoughts do you guys have from the depth Chart and its release? I didn't think there was a ton of other things in there. I know there was... There's some hubbub over specific individuals that weren't listed, but I think that has kind of been cleared up in the last two days. Bring what out Dixon, you mean? Yeah, I mean that—that's certainly a big one. Anything else jump out to you? Because to me, I mean, you look at how many newcomers weren't on the program when they enrolled in classes in like January, and are now
2: in the two deep is pretty
0: remarkable. I think it's like eight guys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's a ton.
2: After that came out, um, the depth chart came out, the one thing that kind of stood out to me, and I mean, it's been a little bit of a concern, but that offensive line is really thin. Like, mm-hmm. you've got your first five, and you feel pretty good about those first five. But, you know, left to right, it goes Gaylord, Rarden Hunter Miller, Bo Wilson, Matt Sichterman. And I mean, I think you'd have to go back. I, I would guess that that second group has played combined fewer than 50 meaningful snaps in Nebraska. Is that fair? I mean, Sichterman no, that's hasn't. That's right. Raredon really hasn't. I mean, and I'm not, not talking about like, because they'll get credited for like playing in 12 games where they're like the 15 kickoff.
1: Meaningful, meaningful snaps, probably.
2: Yeah. So. You know, I know there's concern about there. There's you know Scott Frost has talked about their concern about offensive tackle, but I think across the board of that second team right now, if you have an injury early in the season, Nebraska had a lot of them last year early on. That line picture looks pretty razor. I mean, it's razor thin now, but it looks even worse. I think if you you start getting injuries there.
1: The only guy I've really heard Greg Austin talk about talk about yeah is uh. Bo Wilson as a backup, and they're gonna get him into the game. He he said that today. They, they don't know. There's not like a set plan or anything. It's the flow of the game. But he'll probably play in the first half. I kind of got that vibe. So he seems to be the sixth man. I haven't heard as much about Raridon from Austin. Maybe I've missed out on those quotes, but I haven't heard a lot. I haven't of heard much
0: about Raridon in three years now.
1: Um, so. There you go. It's, it feels like kind of a six-man rotation to me if I were just to go off of what I've heard. Yeah. And the idea being, let's see if Cole Conrad can step up and do the job at center. If he struggles, you might have to move Farmer to center and maybe Bo plugs in at right guard. I suppose Conrad could they could flip there because Conrad has done all those positions. But, yeah, it's a, it's a worry. It's why I still think it's a top concern point on this team. This year, until proven otherwise.
0: Yeah. What about on defense? Brunce is making a grimace. He doesn't want to talk about this anymore.
2: Cornerback, I mean... you Are got you two- ready for a game, Brunts? You seem like you're tired of I, talk. I need a game. You I'm need a game? Of, I'm tired of the offseason.
0: <laughs> it's only got three days left.
2: I, I need that Purdue-Northwestern <laughs> game tomorrow night. Give me some football. Right. That was... I, I, I watched... You, you watched? I it watched... Was your conference. I watched every damn snap of that... New Mexico State game, the New Mexico State-Wyoming game the other night, even when Wyoming was just bludgeoning New Mexico State into the ground. I watched it through to the end.
0: Do you see a lot of in-state players
2: that got away that Nebraska should have had? I saw one. (laughs) Uh, One notable Nebraska guy. I had two, two Nebraska guys starting on the offensive line. I don't think that they would have necessarily made a difference at Nebraska right now, but little Patrick Arnold, little Rudy Stouffer.
0: Patrick Arnold might have been Nebraska's center with the way things have played out over here. Yeah. Isn't, that's what he's playing at Wyoming yeah. right Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, so before I cut off your your actual thoughts on the defense, if you can bring yourself back into the mold or the mode of just, just talking about football before we actually get to see it. <sighs> okay. A couple more times. Okay. This podcast is only going to be about 25, 30 minutes longer. So that's all you got to do. All right. You don't have to talk
1: after that okay
0: defense go
2: what what do i think about it well
1: yeah corner you, you, you said the corner yeah
2: i More mean away. you got two true freshmen there behind lamar jackson um i mean when it's it sounds like when boodle moves into nickel that you're going to see Cam taylor on the field i mean we're going to see if the preseason hype and talk matches up with what what happens on the field um I mean, beyond that i mean i, I I think they've got more safety safety depth than I thought they would have. I think the secondary is okay. Linebacker's fine. I think Mike Dawson's going to roll about 17 defensive linemen through there. Will he be one of them? Could you see him sneaking onto the
0: field and throwing people around like <laughs> rag dolls?
2: You'd hear him. You'd hear him first. He's a loud guy, <laughs> he's talking trash. Just yelling. You'd hear him up into the 600 <laughs> section. Um,. Yeah, it def- they're just going to have to show it. I mean, I think, I think they've got the guys to improve. I don't think they're going to be worse this year. So,
1: You know the spot I think they're going to be <laughs> way better at than has been talked about is outside linebacker. Yep. I really think that's going to be a strength of the team because I've always respected Gifford when he's healthy. Tyron Ferguson, there's just been too much said about him from both coaches and players for me to not think he's ready to kind of blow up and that he fits this scheme really well Mm -hmm. and i think he was an easy choice for them as their top outside backer i think he made it simple on them and then you've got interesting i mean alex davis has played snap so that's a guy you can put out there and you know i think they like
0: him or what he has done from the spring on he had a really good camp is what dewitt was saying yesterday
1: he's easy to always push to the side because we always want to bring up everybody else but he was a raw guy when he arrived here and you know he really has changed positions (laughs) throughout his career and so I think people need to have an open mind about him and then there's the fun with Caleb Tanner yeah you know and for the Breon Dixon lovers he's going to get some opportunities because of the redshirt rule even if he only plays four games so he could prove that hey they need to put him on the field now but if they don't I, I think it's strategic I mean you've got Gifford who's a senior and if you could save Dixon as a and have him have three years of eligibility coming back next year at that position that's pretty good
0: yeah well you'd have you'd have Dixon and Tanner alston to have the guys that you're trying to bring in
1: guy Thomas who has not been yeah. talked about a lot I think he
0: got banged up because I don't think he was dressed up yeah you're right he did yeah, he was an ankle he was so he, so he was banged off. up we did see that so the the interesting thing with that outside linebacker group is DeWitt even kind of said this, that Gifford came on really strong the second week of camp and just sort of proved everything that they had heard. Mm -hmm. They finally got a C, and he sort of took that over. And they they obviously, as you said, really like Ferguson. I think with Davis, they think he's a guy that they can put in certain situations and get a lot out of, probably more so the pass rush than they're going to get in terms of playing in space. But the area where DeWitt was very complimentary of Davis is he felt like Whenever he watched him in the spring, and even in the spring game, he looked very mechanical in everything he was doing, and there wasn't, like, much flow to how he was playing the game. Mm-hmm. And he, he felt, and this is, you know, coaches say this. I don't know whether it happens when he's on the field or not this Saturday. He felt like in the, the fall that had just kind of dissipated that enough that he finally looked like somebody who was comfortable where he was supposed to be instead of always wondering or worried about what the scheme says or where he should be. I think kind of left unsaid is that in that transition last year, a lot got into Alex Davis's head and didn't allow him to just react to playing football. And more than just training him into being a player, they had to erase some of the mental aspect of what the 3-4 was Mm -hmm. in the previous year to sort of unleash a guy they think can be a pretty good pass rusher. They they had to D.D. him.
1: <laughs> in a way,
0: yeah. that wasn't said, so I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like Dewitt said that, but that was you could you could probably infer heavily, that. yeah, implied in a lot of ways. So I, I'm with you. I think the outside well, linebackers are going to be kind of fun.
1: We've we've discussed here about the offense and how it, there's some of that Oregon flavor developing, where there's all these skill guys. The duck are yeah. Where they, well, they just hit you with all these different guys, and so it's hard to say. Okay, this guy's necessarily a headliner. We haven't discussed it as much with the defense, but with them rolling out two lines, basically, I, I've i thought about that. It's really beneficial because if you are a guy like Alex Davis or a guy on the second line in the secondary, you're not thinking, okay, I'm not going to play this week. You realize they're going to rotate me in at some point. They're We're going to be moving people in and out and up to 25 guys probably. You know, are going to get maybe more than that. Are going to get meaningful snaps, and I I just have to think that keeps guys more engaged instead of it being a deal where it gets down to like thirteen or fourteen guys.
0: Yeah, I I think you're you're absolutely correct in that regard, and I mean the guys that weren't the number ones on the depth chart have kind of said that whether they were uh, on the defensive line or in the secondary.
2: Who week. who leads Nebraska sacks this year? You guys think?
0: Gifford.
1: That's a good pick. I seven and a half. I had picked Stille at one point, so I kind of feel like I want to stay with it. But are you allowed to change, like, just before the game? I yeah, mean, sure. nothing's happened yet. We haven't recorded the hype cast yet. Okay. That might be where you get luck. Hypecast on Fridays.
2: I'm yeah. going to say Tyron Ferguson. Oh. Going the other guy. You guys think both are outside linebacker, though? I I'd, I think that's I where the know. bulk
0: of their pass rush is going to come from. Hmm. You going with Damian Daniels up the middle, just,
2: just tossing just people right up in the kitchen. Uh. <laughs> Brunson's sack leader has three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I I I would be okay with St. Carlos Davis, even though he's an oar on the depth chart. Yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder
0: is he gonna be on the wrong side of the platoon? Should we start referring to the their defenses as platoons? I think so. You got a you got a Stilly Davis platoon on one side. A freedom and uh who's the other one i don't even know who's the the other defensive end is it neil
2: yeah yeah it's great that's where you that's That's you
0: scintillating radio don't worry guys i follow this team i know what's going on someone, <laughs> uh, there's just, someone just threw their hat they're mad
1: yeah Up. they were answering for you yeah. like it's neil it's neil <laughs> <laughs> it's neil
2: well, I'd go Carlos Davis. I think he's gonna I think they're gonna use him as a nose on third downs and and move guys around in that way too. So I think perhaps by virtue of other guys creating havoc that he'll be able to clean up some sacks. The
1: mm-hmm. Big
2: Mac Sack thing is back, by the way. So you might actually get more than fourteen hamburgers this year. Can I tell a story about that real quickly? Sure. I was I went to McDonald's the day after a game, they had
0: the, the Big Mac sack thing going on, and I didn't order it, but the lady in the drive-thru, someone had just ordered it, and then she turned to me as I was going to pay, and she's like, Now, a sack, that's what they do when they put the juice on the coach after the game, right? And it was the most baffling exchange I've ever had with anyone about football. Like, she called it juice. Yeah, that was the, the thing that made me like. Just puzzled the most. I thought I was being trolled. Like, there was some <laughs> sort of hidden camera. And I was like, uh, no, I, it, it's on a passing play when the quarterback gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage. She's kind of looked at me. She's like, oh, I thought it I thought it was something else.
2: Was this last year, year yeah, before? it was last okay. year. Well, she was probably confused because they didn't have that many last what? year. She hasn't a good seen point. it. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Why are we giving away these burgers? She should
1: have just said, yes, ma'am. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's when
2: they
0: dumped the Kool-Aid <laughs> on the coach. Kool-Aid on the coach. No, she she very much said juice, the juice on the coach. Nice. There wasn't a whole lot of that in the last few
2: years. No, not a lot of juice. Um, you got anything else depth chart wise? Barrett Pickering's doing the kickering. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First of how many times is that getting used?
2: Well, I stole that from somebody else. So, oh, that's a Connor Happer special. Shout, shout stealing things Happer. from
0: other people in the industry. At least you gave him credit. I did. I appreciate that. Connor
2: <laughs> Happer of 93.7 a the Ticket. Good there's your, work, there's your plug. Good job. Well,
0: uh, I, I say, don't have any other thoughts. No, I say nature. we go to predictions. Ooh, Straight into predictions.
2: I, I, uh, did,
1: you more? did you have more? I don't.
2: I the, the thing about last year's predictions is I hope we buried them somewhere. I went back through and tried to figure out which episode it was to see if we could delete it because we were – we were way off. I said ten and two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You ten and two of winning the Big Ten West.
2: So based on that, take everything you hear over the next ten minutes. Ten and two. Immediately run to the casino closest to you and bet put down enders. a sizable bet, perhaps on the unders. Who wants to go first? Well, should we go game by game? Oh, okay. Or, yeah. or do you want to? Then we got to do the
0: counting with our fingers, where I always kind of struggle.
2: <laughs> perhaps yes. All
0: right. Do you want to do it that way? Yeah.
2: Okay, a- opener against Akron. Win. It's a
1: win. Yes, they're going to win that one. Okay. By four touchdowns, about. Okay, we're going to get into that on the hype cast. Yeah. No, no scores. Yet. Yeah, no, no, no exact score. I'm not going to give an exact. Okay. Score. The
0: hype cast listeners might be different than the podcast listeners. Yeah. Right. This is more of a subdued
2: crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly.
1: When I do get to scores, though, I'm. Telling you, I'm prepared to make unconventional scores, factoring in two-point <laughs> conversions. Okay. Oh, I want to get into that conversation before we're done. Okay. By the way, uh, Colorado at home in game two.
2: That's a win, Brunt. Okay. It's I a, always, It's a win, but it's going to be tight.
1: I say that's a win, and I hope they bring
2: Ralphie on the trip. I don't think Ralphie's And down. they bring Ralphie in, doesn't travel.
1: I don't think so. And Tom is allowed to go down in the field and point at point, him yeah. as he comes out, just staring him down, like bring bring that, you know. The frickin' Buffalo over here, Let's we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think they just bring Clint- chips on the road.
1: You know, it looks like the biggest badass, if people know the photo we're talking about, where t- Tom's pointing at Ralphie, is Clinton Childs, Omaha Northgrad. I'm really, like, proud to be a Northgrad <laughs> when I see that picture, because he just, I don't like... I know this photo. You gotta look at it. Clinton Childs is just like, yeah, yeah, what's this Buffalo gonna do, you know?
2: <laughs> well, the, you've got the guys <laughs> and the Wranglers and the Cowboy hats just struggling to hang on to it.
1: That was the game where Amon took the... Colorado marched their team through the student section to take the field, and Amon scored on, a like, a 57-yard touchdown on the first play. Yeah.
2: Jeez. And then it was on. Yeah. Uh, Look at you guys
0: getting nostalgic over Colorado-Nebraska football. A That's going to be a fun hype cast. A I bit. love it.
2: Uh, Troy, Nebraska's toughest non-conference game. Put it down as a win. So, Nebraska wins that one, according to me. Brian?
1: Yeah, I – I mean, I'm
2: not you picking two, an upset.
1: No, they're three and zero. Oh. Do you have your pocket schedule out? Yeah, he did. Do. I do. He very quietly
2: got it out <laughs> about ten minutes ago. I watched him do it. <laughs>
1: I kind of like had to get to, through. Yeah, it car. was behind the it, it was, was behind like, the a, behind the Baker's card there. <laughs> it was like behind my. What's it my good sense card? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm close to a sub. I uh I finally beat the odds the other day and got a free free sandwich at Bonwich. It took me a year and a half of like losing cards and piecing them together. Free Bonwich. How many did you have to to, to ten? Go? I've never been. I need to go. I hear good. Twenty seventh Street. They they need to pay for the ad though. So hmm. okay, good point.
1: Um, Can I say something quick? I have them three and zero, but I don't think it's going to be an easy three and zero. I think there's going to be one of those games where it's. Nail-biting for folks in the fourth quarter. You go, I don't think the Akron game is going to be nail-biting. No.
0: That's going to be, I think, the biggest deficit. I, I think Colorado's better than what we're probably going to give them credit and for. And a pretty good quarterback.
2: Yeah. Steven Montez. Yeah. They're going to get – they, are, are they got better on defense, though. They were like Nebraska bad last year.
1: But – I mean we don't know that this offense I I think some are kind of assuming Nebraska is going to be this juggernaut on offense and I want to see that they don't hand the ball to the other team three or four times first
2: Coldwater Brian Yeah, jeez.
1: Just saying it might be a tricky 3 and 0. They got to get to 3 and 0. Get though.
2: out get out the umbrellas at the parade. All right, this is a big one, boys. At Michigan. Harbaugh. That likely a night game is a win. First scalp collected. Okay, Brian. You know that <laughs> he he shook Brian's his <laughs> looking at me like this
1: idiot. he, well, he shook him <laughs> to go
0: ten and two last year, and they won four games. Old ten and, and two. Now paper. he says they're gonna beat Michigan, <laughs> in the first road game of a true freshman quarterback. Against Why am defense. I talking to this moron? <laughs> that went through his head. I could see it. Well. I could read his thoughts.
1: Well, I think you're saying that because Michigan's offense has been abysmal. Yes. And They just
0: lost their best
1: playmaker. Yes, they did. And as much hype as there is about uh, Patterson, Mm -hmm. um, he throws picks too. And uh, they do have some good weapons on the outside, though, in spite of losing that guy. And I sort of feel like they're that team that everyone's kind of poking this off season like what have you done Harbaugh what have you done kind of messing with them and i think though i still i actually think Harbaugh's a pretty good coach still and i i think they're they might be a surprise team in the east i'll say michigan wins but either way if it's one of those games where we're sitting there in the fourth quarter at the big house and it's like a 10 point game or something and nebraska's got the ball There'll just be like a warm feeling that washes over you, even with that. And I know it's not a moral victory place, but just the fact that Nebraska's playing another blue-blood team and it's actually like an exciting game in the second half, that would be a nice nice for me to see.
0: I fully expect it to be close, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but I I do. I mean, the spread on that game is already two-plus touchdowns. I think it's come down a little bit. But my reasoning for this is... It's one of the teams that there's a little crossover where Frost has already faced Michigan. So he's going to have a little understanding I think of what that defense can do and how to attack it. And I just think that that Michigan offense is going to struggle and try to control as much clock as possible against Nebraska where they might have some stagnant drives but they're also going to they're going to hit you know some dingers this year and they're they're going to have these moments where they can put up points in, in a hurry. And I just think against a team like Michigan, it's a recipe for disaster if the Wolverines only score 17 or 20 points in this game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it, it only takes a couple broken plays for that offense with tempo to negate, you know, they could have three straight drives of, of bad play, but you get a couple things to go your way. Some guy blows an assignment. And if you only have to score 24 points to be. You know, closer to win. I, I think it's entirely possible, even though Michigan's going to have a very good defense.
2: That, that strikes me as a game where it, I, I'm thinking that Nebraska's going to lose that game. Um, I think that's going to be a game that's going to test Nebraska's offensive line in a really yeah. big, in a really big way. I mean, tempo being what it is, I just think that Michigan's got some dudes, and I think they're probably going to be the best defense that Nebraska's going to see this year. And I, I just think that. I, I don't think that Nebraska – I think Nebraska keeps it close. I just – I don't think they've got enough right now to to, to overcome that defense because I, I think I, – I feel like that would be a game where if you start seeing the, the, the giveaways pile up, it mm-hmm. feels like it would be that game.
1: It's a beautiful game though, isn't it? I mean like playing in Ann Arbor on September 22nd when it's not freezing cold. Yeah. And if Nebraska rolls in there 3-0, oh, I, I – Regardless, I think there'll be a decent amount of Husker fans in that stadium who will want to check it out this time and see what the big house is all about with kind of the excitement of Frost Big Ten opener, and of course there's the Husker history with Devaney winning there in '62 and all that stuff. So it's it's like the perfect storyline game. I think
2: uh, I've been to Michigan. I think like six times now covering games. I don't think I've ever seen the sun. So just hope for. Hope for that.
1: And we had a power outage one year. We did. Where there, there was no power in the person.
0: So, 3-1, and 3-1, and 4-0. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Purdue next.
1: This is where you go the other way. Right? Yeah. So this
0: is a loss, yeah. Brunt. It is the perfectly placed trap game of the entire season in between Michigan and Wisconsin. Nebraska's going to be a little beat up after a physical tussle in the big house. Purdue, Jeff Brom come into town. Doesn't get off to a great start for Adrian Martinez. Maybe a couple turnovers. Nebraska not able to stay out of their own way. Boilermakers take a win in Lincoln. Four and one.
2: I think they win. I think. I don't think Purdue's defense is going to be as good as it was last year. You didn't they, think Purdue's defense would have been good last year, though. But they were good. Right, but that doesn't mean that they're just because of people but, that but, were good. I understand, but they've lost the people that were good
0: they could still have people that are good that you haven't heard of is sort of the point.
2: They have mystery good guys. and They how, had mystery good guys last year! And how the hell are they going... To, you're talking about Nebraska being beaten up. Purdue, the week before post-Boston freaking college and Steve Adazio and his <laughs> and guys dudes. being dudes just beating up on I, poor Purdue. I was trying to think in my head like where is he going with this? Yeah. They're not
0: even playing a conference game the week before.
2: Steve Adazio is not afraid to stomp on some throats and bat flip on guys if he gets the chance. I think Purdue comes in beat up. I, I, I don't think you see the David Blau magic assuming that he's the starting quarterback. Or Cinderlar. No Yancey
0: makes it kind of difficult for me to go with a Purdue pick, but I'm still doing it anyways. He somehow
2: has eligibility and catches a couple touchdowns that day.
0: Wait a minute, that's D'Angelo and Yancey's <laughs> music. Nobody has ever said that. Probably. No, so not a
2: Purdue fan, certainly not anybody. So else. I got
0: Nebraska four and one.
1: Okay, I actually, if I had to bet my life on it, I'll pick Nebraska to win that game. But I'm going to pick Purdue to put Nebraska at three and two under the idea if I can explain this, that I think Nebraska is going to lose a game at some point where people are kind of like acting it's a win. Yeah, that's. And, the, I mean, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and so that is my representation of that game, if that makes sense, in a season-long prediction. Okay. So I will say three and two. So BC Although,
0: expects them to win but thinks that they'll lose a game at some point <laughs> and so, and so, so wants to use that I mean, on this game. I'm
1: pulling that card out. Um, Did did that come out of your wallet too? I have that card right here. (laughs) The
0: unexpected
2: loss card has been played. Like George Costanza over there, you got little pieces of free guitar lessons.
1: (laughs) It's not that fat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got them three and two, but not really. But actually, they're three and two. Okay, so then they go to so a
2: potentially three and two Nebraska team who might actually be four and one goes to Madison that next game. What happens there?
1: I think that's going to be a close game. I'll pick uh, Wisconsin, uh, just because I lo- I think they're going to have a rugged defense. That old line should be really good. I can't get myself to say Nebraska is going to win up there, but I am fascinated to watch the contrast in styles, like a different kind of Nebraska plays that Wisconsin team, and to see how Wisconsin responds to it because they haven't. It's just going to it's going to be interesting how other teams in the league deal with this type of tempo in this offense. I'll pick Wisconsin, but I kind of I think that'll be a close game.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same sort of thought process where I was with with Michigan in the sense that it's a game in which Wisconsin doesn't play a lot of 30 point. They don't put up 30 points a ton. And so if Nebraska is able to move the ball on them and they can score, they can make it a game. I think Wisconsin wins. I have Wisconsin winning. Part of it is Jonathan Taylor is the best player Nebraska will have played at that point, and I I don't know how good the run defense is going to be yet with this group. Some yep. of that is it's fair. It's, it's hard to, to kind of guess a little bit with the inside linebacker room being the way that it is. Their run defense at UCF wasn't always terrific. I think that you can have some busts there, especially if you're playing aggressive. You can get caught out of position, and Jonathan Taylor can make you hurt oh, in a he's big a way. Freak,
2: I, uh, I'll go Wisconsin. I it, I think it'll be probably a ten-point game. I I just that line is really good, and I, I, for the reasons you outlined, I'll I'll go with Wisconsin on that one. Uh, so
0: a three-game losing streak, but not really from BC. Yes, four and two, four and two.
1: Yeah, uh, Northwestern at Northwestern next. I like Nebraska. I think it'll be. 30,000 Nebraska fans it'll feel like a home game mm-hmm. and they Nebraska always feels comfortable playing there they, they just seem to have even in the games that have been close there that one year where Nebraska had to rally Nebraska actually outplayed Northwestern significantly that whole game and just was couldn't get out of their own way so I'll, I'll say Nebraska four and three
0: yeah, I mean it's it's the stadium where Nebraska plays its best football a lot of the time. So I, I think they're going to beat a very overrated Northwestern team, overrated, not underrated. Uh, that it's not going to have a very good season, which starts for them on Thursday when they lose to Purdue.
2: Curious to see how high the grass is going to be at Ryan Field for that game. Um, you ankle. might need an ankle. You might need a machete. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's only it's the appropriate length when you can't hit a. 7-iron out of there, which is most days at Ryan Field. But I think Nebraska wins there narrowly. They always play close with Northwestern. They will play close once again. I will go with uh, Nebraska there.
1: All right. Minnesota. Minnesota. Home game. It's only year one for P.J. Fleck. Keep that in mind because last year was year zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dumb. It, this is elite year one. Yeah. and he,
0: So he won in year zero. But in year one, they're going to get crushed.
1: And they had a, they're had they starting a true freshman. Yeah, they're going to get crushed. I don't think they're going to be very good.
0: I don't think they're a bold team.
1: Um, And if they struggle this year, which I think they will, we all do it seems like, P.J. Fleck is very quickly going to have people. like I mean, he took over a program that was kind of tough. And I always thought Kill and Clays were just perfect for that program, whatever. I know stuff happened off the field, and we won't get into that. But – this is the mentality that team had and I, I don't know if Flex style is gonna play there. I'll say Nebraska rolls Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Um a hundred percent the same way. Might be their biggest deficit in the conference season.
1: Bigger than
2: Illinois?
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about Illinois. All right, that'll be a fun game. Jeez. Uh the Illinois spread versus uh, the Minnesota spread. I, I just and I know Minnesota's beating Nebraska. They beat Nebraska at home. Uh it's not that they can't do it. It's not that they don't have some guys. It's just, I don't think they have an offense that is even going to be able to take advantage of whatever weaknesses pop up for Nebraska defensively.
2: Okay. Uh, I also have that as a win. I The the Minnesota game last year is the most inexplicable one to me, uh, how that happened. but uh, Well, I mean, I know how it happened. I was there. Uh, was
0: that more inexplicable than the decision-making that went into the Northwestern final quarter? In overtime play calling and just giving a game away when you were up by 10? Yes. More inexplicable
2: than Yes. That? Wow. That was a bad Minnesota team. Oh, it was that, a was, terrible that basically Minnesota could have team. named its score against 54 Nebraska.
1: 54 But I
0: felt like the season ended when they lost to the Northwestern, the, the which is why you get the Minnesota result. Maybe.
2: The only thing more explicable out of that game was Bill Moose denying that that was him <laughs> that yelled, No! <laughs> 'Cause that was totally him. He was really close to us. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh that was that was the moose call. Uh, <laughs> so Minnesota, then a bye week, and then Nebraska goes to Ohio State that will have Irvin Meyer at that point. I think we all know where that game is headed. The question, does Nebraska force a punt this year? Go. Yeah, Ohio State's not as
0: good offensively. Dwayne Haskins, I don't think, is anywhere near as good. As uh, as JT Barrett, who Tate, Tate Martell though? What about him? <laughs> Tate Martell, yeah, maybe. We'll uh, we'll see if he's playing at that point. I I think Ohio State wins. I think they win comfortably, but I think Nebraska plays its best game in the Big
1: House in the Big Ten era, <laughs> which is
0: the weakest prediction of the show.
1: So it could be like forty five to fourteen. Yeah, and careful it, on that limb out there.
0: Twenty some points when they lost in
1: twenty twelve. Yeah, that that was a good game and for three and a half quarters or two and a half quarters.
0: And then Carlos Hyde just kind of took yeah, over yeah. and they
1: figured out a play action fake and they could just run that every time. Urban kind of tacked one on late too, if people remember. They yeah, kept did. his starter in and Hyde I think scored with like thirty seconds. But I'll say a loss five and four. Okay. But they force a punt. We're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, Ohio State's punter does come on the field this I year. I think this could be the game where they lose, but it's that game where people kind of rub their hands together yeah. and are like, oh, okay, yep. something different's happening that's, if they play them tough.
2: Hopefully they, just, they don't start looking too far ahead to 2019 because Lovey Smith and the Illinois Fighting Illini come to town the following week. I think we can assume that's a win. How good does A.J. Bush look in that game? Uh, about as good as he looked in the spring
0: game when he went against the number one defense. Couldn't get his feet set, and every pass went into the ground.
1: Yeah, I like I think AJ. I, look than I that. like AJ. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that? it's going
2: to. So I think he'll look a little better than that.
1: Eh, maybe he, he's he's been he's still a, running a Lovey this, Smith offense. He's been at
2: three schools. He's picked up something, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, and now he's playing for one of the least imaginative coaches in the entire country. If they just ran him on quarterback keepers the entire time, yes, he would look better. It's true.
2: Uh, Okay, so sorry, did
1: I cut you off? No. Did, did, you, did you want? Did you want to weigh in on not, Lovey? Not deeply. I, I think it'll be a, it'll be a pleasant weather day on November tenth. Like <laughs> one of those like fifty one degree days yeah. where you can wear your like letter sweater from when you're back in the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think th- there's no way in?
1: It? Nebraska wins by like five touchdowns. That's a long uh, like- uh, kick, on. right?
0: That is a great opportunity to drop this in on Twitter. We were asked about when Brian plans to wear his sweater vest. Oh Which yeah. Game? That game is it. That well, one you're gonna mark it down,
2: Illinois, I'll November it 10th. Yeah, circle it on your pocket calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, put SV next yeah. to it. You got a pen?
1: I need a net. Who well, uh, Let's. We're uh, searching. You don't, have to, you don't have to do it. We don't have to. Okay. We got the technology. <laughs> there you go. SV.
2: So Illinois game, sweater vest, five touchdown win over here. I heard. Yeah. Comfortable feelings all around. Lovey Smith continues to stare at the scoreboard confused
0: i have Doesn't them at seven and outs. three <laughs> i have them at seven and three brian has them six I think and at four six and four
2: seven and three we're at this point in the season fans are thinking that they've they got foster farms bowl locked up now they want san more. diego is in their sights uh but new york is in the rear view y- y- yeah
1: or, or like That's where Northwestern's outback. headed against Steve Adazio. Wouldn't the Outback finally marry Nebraska if they went 8-4 with Scott Frost and they knew like the entire state would come to Tampa?
2: That's true. That also depends on what Iowa does, which is coming up here. Uh, Mich- biggest home game of the year, Michigan State, November 17th. What happens there? That's a loss.
0: Nebraska not able to beat Mark D'Antonio's bunch. At home, uh, just not able to get it done. No
1: 2015 magic loss. Okay, Brian. This is my I'll make this my upset pick to get them to seven and four. So, because I think there's going to be one where they win that people don't expect, one they lose. So that's what I'm doing here. And Michigan State, we've I always say is one of those teams when even then they're good, they're going to play you like a seven point game either way. So I think. I'll take Nebraska in a close one
2: I think Michigan State comes in and wins that game I think uh is it lowererky is that how it's pronounced yeah I think he's a pretty good quarterback um I think it'll be a close game I think I think it'll be a one possession game but I think Michigan State pulls it out uh so I've got them now at seven and four we all have them at seven and four seven and four heading into Iowa
1: I'm going to say a loss I think it'll be a close game. I think Iowa might be – I like their quarterback better than some people. I think Stanley could be a pretty good player. And until proven otherwise – this is a game to kind of judge the, that strength development a little bit. Like, does Nebraska at the end of November stand up in the trenches or are they done dealing like they've been in the past years? Until proven otherwise, I'm going to pick Iowa in a <clears throat> close one and Nebraska 7-5 and five regular season.
0: I have this weird feeling that Frost is going to somewhat embrace the – unspoken of importance of this game mm-hmm. and i think nebraska comes out and they play well in this one uh, i have them winning i i have them at eight and four that's the the record that i'm going with this year and i just think that they're going to be able to to overwhelm iowa a little bit defensively this iowa team i don't think it's going to be particularly good not that the last iterations have been and they've still smashed nebraska but I, I expect Nebraska to be ready to go. I expect them to to want to be in the game, and I just think their talent on offense versus what I don't think is going to be a particularly good Iowa defense, they're going to be able to do some things. So I have
2: Nebraska winning. I, I agree with Brian that, that that game more than any I think those last well those last two games are going to be a pretty good test of where Nebraska is from a not only a depth point of view, strength and conditioning, um, health. Health. I mean the health mm-hmm. for me is the big one with, with that Iowa game. I'm gonna i I'm gonna I'm picking Iowa. I I needed to get to seven and five somehow and Northwestern was kind of the toss up game for me. So uh so Purdue can't come in and uh and win.
0: But Iowa, who lost their best player in Josie Jewell, maybe worse defensively. They have one offensive weapon. Yes. They don't have a run game to rely on that you know of at this point. So basically Iowa every year.
2: Yes. Where you can poke, Iowa with Akron
0: Wadley was a little bit more you can always poke, scary.
2: You can always poke holes in Iowa. And it, Iowa feels like one of those teams, too, every year where it's like they're going to, if not lose to a MAC team, narrowly beat a MAC team to start out the year. Nebraska De- makes fun of it. Nebraska here. makes fun of it somebody somebody like Penn State or a Ohio State or Wisconsin or somebody comes in Iowa City loses to Iowa and then they just seem to get better as the year goes along and I'm expecting that to happen with the lack of proven stuff there plus they if you know Stanley's healthy by then I think they have the advantage there so I I think a narrow Iowa win on the road
1: it also fits into my kind of feel of this season like I think you'll see drastic improvements but there's going to be, there's going to be some humbling part to this season, like yeah. of year one, and I could see that being it, like going to Iowa and Iowa getting a laugh, like oh we beat your new Wonder Boy, you know. Right. Um. So I don't know. I I work my way. We can get to the bowl, but I don't know what that would put Nebraska, which where that land. I'm seven and five, but I've always had eight and five in my brain. Like yeah. they they go seven and five regular season. They get to a bowl that's in late December, play well, and are really pumped. And there's a lot of fans that travel, and they take care of business. Kind of like the first Bo Pelini Gator, or yeah, the Gator Bowl, and everybody was still fired up. So I'll say eight and five total.
2: Yeah, seven and five smells like Jacksonville. Like, I I think that would be where Nebraska. (laughs) The
0: Blue Bridge. Jacksonville have a very distinct smell. No,
2: I mean like that's where I, I think it makes. The most sense that they would end wouldn't up
0: there. it make the most sense for them to go out west?
2: But seven and five is not going to get you the Holiday Bowl more than it, likely. It
0: puts you in the Foster Farms Bowl
2: almost guaranteed, right? But Nebraska went there as five at five and seven. Yeah, has the Foster Farms. That was a weird year. Where's it? Right. Where's
1: the rotation? We'll have to discuss that next week, like yeah. the bowl rotation. Yeah,
2: we can we can talk about that next week. Well,
1: November, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, down the road too. <laughs> right
2: around, right around the time that sweater vest comes out of the closet, we can start the seven and talk. five, seven and five, eight and four. Yes, Bullets,
1: and that, I mean,
0: order. for me, I don't know where you guys were in the spring. I thought they'd be a six-win team, and I've, I've kind of because of what they've added, buying in as I probably do every year without even thinking about it until something like this year, a little bit the positivity that's coming out of the coaches. I like. I I think that, you know, Adrian Martinez stays healthy, and I think he can be a real difference maker. I really do. I I think there's going to be a couple moments this season where his athleticism wins them a game. And I don't know if that's, you know, Purdue or Michigan or Michigan State. I don't know when that's going to be, but I think it will happen. So, yeah,
2: well, I'm also a little gun-shy after last year, too. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So we're an 8-5 and club, basically? Is that what we
2: yeah, I'd say yeah, that's fair. You can live like with that. Four, maybe. You got to lose. You got yeah. to lose in a bowl game to a well to Tampa mean, and losing to an SEC team. In, sure.
0: In my in my spring scenario, it was winning the the new era pinstripe bowl to go seven and six. So.
2: Yeah. Well, whatever we can do to avoid that scenario, I'm okay with.
1: <laughs> I could defend the eight for <laughs> the, the amount
0: of me rooting for you guys having to go to
2: that bowl is just, it can result in that's terrible really, karma but, for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: that's kind of a jerk store thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sorry. Should we talk recruiting? We're an hour yeah. into this thing.
1: Oh, yeah. We Jeez. Should.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: real quickly, Nebraska's got four official visitors for this weekend. The fourth one just added yesterday when the NCAA cleared Bryce Benhart, four-star, top 247 offensive tackle from Lakeville North in Minnesota, to visit this weekend, even though his high school doesn't start until Tuesday after Labor Day, which is crazy because who starts after Labor Day anymore? Am I right? Kids are starting on, like, August 5th.
2: West Coast, man.
0: It's uh, Well, nobody counts them. It happens some other time zone. Nobody cares. So, Bryce Benhart will be out here. That's a big visitor for him. Equally as big in terms of actual stature, Brant Banks, a defensive end that Nebraska likes. Other teams like as an outside or as a offensive tackle uh, or a tight end. Nebraska likes him as a defensive end. He really likes Mike Dawson. He's excited about this visit because he'll get to see Scott Frost for the first time when he came out here for a visit in June. Frost was on his tour Speaking out in Scotts Bluff, I think is where he was, or Alliance, somewhere out west.
2: I don't remember. When, McCook?
0: Well, you were out there. I was I was in Scotts Bluff. Is that where he was? also in Alliance. Okay, yeah. So you could have been in either of those. They
2: went by Carhenge on the way
0: to, Interesting. to Alliance. So that's a good fact. Not everybody knows that. Now they do. Nebraska also has Taiwan Mullen, a three-star cornerback with a invite to go to the All-American Bowl down in San Antonio. He's someone, I think, could end up committing as early as this weekend. Very intriguing defensive back that they were recruiting to UCF that they immediately started recruiting to Nebraska. Good relationship with Travis Fisher. And the final visitor of note, Wandale Robinson, who scored something like five touchdowns of 296 yards on 12 touches in a high school game last week. He fits the duck R as perfectly as any player probably can, and Nebraska will be going very hard after him. They're going to be battling the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Purdue, and Kentucky. So it's an eclectic group <laughs> for uh, Wondell Robinson. It kind of runs the whole gamut of college football there. Uh, yeah, teams that are the Haves and the teams that have never. Yes, the Haves and Have So That's the new. That's the new thing. That's the new delineation, I guess. Mm. So that's uh, that's kind of what the recruiting looks like. I think it's going to be a very good weekend for him. I think getting Ben Hart in. Is already a giant win for them because it's a weekend that everybody wanted. They get an official visit shot. They get the opportunity to really try to move ahead of Wisconsin, who most people have as the leader at this point, though I'm not entirely sure if that's still true. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But those are four big positions for them. you got an offensive tackle, a defensive end, a cornerback, and a uh, offensive athlete.
2: That is everything you need to know about Nebraska recruiting in like three minutes. Yeah, I had to that was be good. fast. That was good. Yeah.
0: I felt like I was doing a sports center yeah, segment. People all- I mean, Turner
2: Corcoran. He's coming in. Yeah. It's an unofficial visit. It's a,
0: uh, a twenty twenty offensive lineman from Free State
2: in Lawrence, Kansas. Four star. Big guy. Big guy. Third visit? Fourth visit. Third. Third? Third. Third. It's a big visit. any um,
0: anything else recruiting wise that's popped up. Uh Thomas Grayson decommitted. Did we talked about that last week?
2: Uh we didn't get any recruiting last week.
0: Yeah, Thomas Grayson, decommitted running back out of Tulsa. Oh, and uh... Ronald Tompkins, ACL tear, running back out of Georgia. Not a great week for running back news. So I, I don't look for them to dramatically change the makeup of the recruiting class with that Ronald Tompkins news. I think they, they're still honoring that scholarship. They still want him to come here, still want him to compete. He's going to have to go through another year of rehab having tore the other ACL the previous year very unfortunate for him um, but good on Nebraska I think to stick by him and we'll see what he's able to contribute when he gets here as a freshman
2: they take a, we get to ask this a lot no second quarterback in 2019
0: no second quarterback in 2019 no second quarterback in 2020 the next quarterback commit will be in 2021 and who it is might it be a legacy of nebraska the Garcia kid I think it's Jake Garcia Jake Garcia out of uh Narbonne in mm-hmm. California so, look at that. People are getting 2021 news already. Jeez. A couple of 2021 offensive linemen I coming in for an exciting it. Illinois game. Didn't I? You, you wrote about Garcia. I yeah. forget
1: sometimes yeah. with all these kids. Yeah, yep. yeah,
0: you were involved. We got you involved in recruiting. That's nice. Mm-hmm. If it's a legacy, we know we go straight to BC. Yep. That, that's my He's our wheelhouse. legacy that's guy. That's my wheelhouse. Do
2: uh, you want to hype the hype cast real quick?
0: Yeah, on Friday – Fans will have the opportunity to listen to us bloviate more about Nebraska football in a condensed environment in which we discuss the game and only the game, predictions that we have on the game, thoughts that we're going to have on the game, and uh, anything else.
2: New music. There's new music. There's different music for the hypecast. I
0: was going to let people stumble into that. It's not Because when music has changed on this podcast, people have been very upset.
2: It may or may not be the new tunnel walk music that we're using. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. That's false advertising. I yeah. don't know if we want to do that. I would die if Nebraska just used like license-free music for the tunnel walk. <laughs> I almost sent you a text
0: because that's where I was going with that whole like. Because uh, I'm so kind of annoyed by that conversation that at this point I just want them to play like a, a sax solo is what it is when something so ridiculous that no one else would do. Like that's Nebraska's new interest music. That's kind of what I want now.
2: A little, little Kenny G to set the mood
0: off right. Yeah, it works for me. Sounds good. Brian, any thoughts before we uh,
1: we leave? No, I've I've said enough, I think. I've, sweater vest date is marked, and I'm ready. All right, well. Football! Yay.
0: <laughs> All right, well, check everything out at uh, husker247sports.com. We still have some Scott Frost coverage coming tomorrow, some more stuff coming the rest of the week, and uh, certainly... <laughs> everything on game day.